1: Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest from the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Father Boniface Hicks with us. Father Boniface Hicks is a Benedictine monk at St. Vincent Arch Abbey in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. He's a spiritual director involved in Catholic radio and podcast. His podcast is called Father and Joe. Great title. He's the director of spiritual formation at St. Vincent Seminary and has taught a number of courses in spiritual director and spiritual life. We're blessed. He's written a number of books, including on Saint Joseph, The Heart of Saint Joseph, uh, with Father Thomas Acklin, also a Benedictine, and he's written two books also, uh, one book on spiritual direction. But the book we're going to be reflecting on is Personal Prayer: A Guide for Receiving the Father's Love. So, a special welcome, Father Boniface.
2: Thank you so much, Father Brian. Great to be with
1: you. So, that book that you wrote, Personal Prayer: A Guide for Receiving the Father's Love. uh, You and Father Thomas Acklin wrote that. What, What was your inspiration to write this?
2: Yeah, thanks. Uh, Father Tom and I wrote first a a book on spiritual direction, but really, uh, Father Tom has been my spiritual director for about 20 years, and just really came to me and to co-author a couple of books with him. He's he's such a master at the spiritual life, having given spiritual direction for 40 some years, and also having a psychological background, and then being a man really steeped in prayer. And so it came to me, and I just brought it up to him and said, I think we should write a book. And he said. Well, what about? I said, well, actually, I think we should write two books, one on spiritual direction and one on personal prayer. That's precisely what we did. It just really unfolded beautifully. It was a great joint project. We spent a lot of time together talking about those subjects. And I think for the the book on personal prayer in particular, Father Tom has been a spiritual director for some years. I've been giving spiritual direction for about 20 years. And we find ourselves really entering into the, the hearts of hundreds of people. And so we have a lot of Concrete experience of how people relate to God in prayer, and that's uh, and of course our own prayer lives as Benedictine monks and priests mm-hmm. that were that were dedicated to the Lord, and so we wanted to put into accessible terms, yet you know within the structure of the the traditional teaching of the Church and her spiritual theology, a guide to prayer that that could really help people like our directees, drawing from real life uh, experience like we know from spiritual direction, to, mm-hmm. to make a guide for, for prayer so that people can really grow in their lives of prayer. Mm-hmm.
1: And in the invitation to prayer, I mean, you're a Benedictine, so you live a, a, a very a great rhythm of life. It's kind of built into your monastic schedule. Can you speak of the importance of that is for the laity, that everybody needs a plan of life or a rhythm of life, especially with spending time with the Lord?
2: Well, if I can just take a, a central theme of the whole book to answer your question, the Mm -hmm. Throughout the the book on personal prayer, we really emphasize the the dimension of relationship, the relational analogy. And so if I can answer your question from that perspective, if you want to grow in a relationship with someone, especially a dedicated friendship or even a marriage, towards marriage, that would be a sort of highest expression. Real deep friendship or uh, the sacrament of marriage are kind of the two highest expressions of, of relationship that we have in a human context. What do you need for that? You know, any guy and girl, when they start know that, if they're only talking randomly, you know, once or twice a month, that relationship probably isn't going to grow very much. You need regularity, even daily contact, sometimes even as little as a, a bit, you know, a few minutes every day, but something that's structured, regular, and then growing, in which we can invest our whole lives. So that relational analogy is really, really important for understanding prayer and how we grow in prayer, uh, the same way that we would grow in a deep, intimate, meaningful, and committed relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, there's something about having habits. I remember someone telling me, I remember I used to uh, hear the uh, the advice, you know, pray for at least start with five minutes a day and work your way up. And then someone challenged me and they said, actually, you can't have a really deep conversation in five minutes. And they had said 50, at least 15 or 20 minutes. And I thought that was very wise. They're like, if you invited a friend to coffee, what's the minimum time you'd spend with them? And I was like, oh, that was a great analogy, you know. Let's talk more about the book and some of the details of the book. So I love that it's framed in, as it should, it's a human and divine relationship. You speak about, in the second chapter, about vulnerability, to become vulnerable with God. What does that mean? You know, I
2: think, uh, again, if I, I I drew out one kind of overarching principle, the importance of relationality, I think people really tend to get that. Wrong when they conceive of prayer. They think it's all about me mastering a technique in order to make something happen in my life. And it misses the two, the bi directional quality of it. It's not just me approaching God, it's also God approaching me. And it's developing together with Him a relationship which, which is really unique, exclusive, and unrepeatable. And so, on the one hand, while we can give principles about prayer that are universal, on the other hand, there's something that's always going to be particular. It's going to be unique about my prayer life, my relationship with God. So that that dimension of relationality is really uh, essential and often missed, but it's really a quality of Christian prayer in particular. We know that God has sought us, not just that we are seeking him. And the second dimension is bringing our humanity into prayer. A lot of times people think that they're supposed to pray in some sort of ethereal way, like we go in and have this transfixed Attention, little levitation we're getting uh, supernatural insights, divine lights, all of these kinds of things happening, and of course, that is not the normal experience of prayer, and people get discouraged and walk away, but really, we bring our humanity in, and what's our humanity consist of well we are have a hard time keep paying attention, we get uncomfortable, we have bodies we we have a sometimes a difficult time staying awake if we're having extended periods in prayer. But to go into that, that deep place, what do I need to develop a, deep, a meaningful and intimate relationship? I need to share my heart. What's a way that we say that normally? We talk about vulnerability. I need to share those places in me that really matter. I'm not just coming from a place of, well, if God doesn't really exist, then sharing this thing or asking for this thing, whether he answers it or not or whether he's present or not, it doesn't really matter. Well, that's not going to develop a, a, a meaningful relationship. To develop an intimate relationship, I need to share something that really matters, where I have some skin in the game, where I put my heart on the on the table. Uh, and, of course, that's hard, especially if we have experienced betrayal, we have different experience of woundedness, trauma in our lives. And, and so really growing in that capacity to share the depths of us, our feelings, the way we process reality, our interpretations of things, what's meaningful to us, our dreams, our hopes, our joys, really sharing what matters to us, the depths of our heart. That's the vulnerable places in us, and that's going to be really what opens us to a deeper relationship with God. Mm
1: -hmm. I love that sense of being honest with God of saying, Lord, this is where I am right now today. And, and and some of it might be just to be frank with the Lord. Some of it might be if we shift prayer to only at the end of the day, it could be some tired prayer. Maybe we need to shift the time to a little bit more more alert and awake or some first fruits for the Lord. And I'll never forget a priest. I was here. I was walking in the grotto up in Emmitsburg, Maryland, and this priest was giving a talk on prayer. And I'll never forget his phrase. He said, are you talking to Jesus about things that matter to you? Are you talking to Jesus about things that matter to you? And I was like, that is such a beautiful way of expressing it, that sense of being vulnerable, Mm. being real with the Lord, and just makes the difference. Father Boniface, your third chapter talks about the importance of silence and prayer. And Cardinal Sarah has that whole book on the power of silence. And I like Mm. how he even speaks of the silence of the eyes, the silence Mm. of the eyes, temptation to distraction, especially with social media and screens so forth. Can you speak about what practical tips do you have to people that you found helpful about? You don't have to be a monk to practice more stillness and really presence with God in prayer. What are some practical advice you have for people?
2: Yeah, it's a, it, it is really important. And I, you know, Cardinal Seurat says just, just like interior mortification is meaning meaningless without practicing exterior mortification. So also interior silence is meaningless without practicing exterior silence. So it is important to find quiet places. Now, it's not to say that we can't bring with us the interior silence that we cultivate in those silent places and throughout time, but you know, finding silent places and that's where our adoration chapels are such a gift. Our churches hopefully, although it always seems like the vacuum cleaner comes out five minutes after we get into church, but, uh, <laughs> <That's true. yeah. laughs> that happens. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Somebody shows
2: up to practice the organ or something. But but finding silent places is really important. And then there's a variety of dimensions to silence. There's the the kind of silence of listening, that I make space, that I clear out distractions. And that takes some time. We have to give ourselves. And I love what you said about taking 15 minutes. It's true. I mean, we just don't transition from the busyness of the world into an interior attention, availability, without 15 minutes, even a half an hour. Mm -hmm. So taking that time and then what we're aiming at is a silence of fullness. What happens when we really connect with someone who loves us and whom we love, then we come to a place that words are no longer necessary and might even spoil the moment. So we're aiming at that kind of silence, of, of contentment, of, of, of fulfillment.
1: But mm-hmm. interesting, Carol Hauslander has a book called The Read of God about Mary, mm-hmm. how she was so emptied herself out that God could make beautiful music like a reed beautiful music about her, and she talks about an image of if a bird's nest is cluttered, you can't have the the baby chicks in there. And he's like, some people feel helpless if the bird is a cluttered nest, but you can unclutter the nest. Can you speak just briefly about in terms of having a prayer place and having an atmosphere that's conducive for prayer?
2: Hmm, Yeah, that's a great point. Having a a sacred place, making even a corner of your room, setting up an icon there, a candle, uh, an image that you love. And the corner is nice because then you can block out the other distractions. There might close all over the floor behind you, but you're just looking there at the image right in front of you. And just making it, setting aside a place where you don't have those exterior distractions, the bombardment with different sensory stimulation can really help, as you said, to declutter the outside so that you can declutter the inside. And we'll have to do that a bit, and we should be patient with ourselves as a lot of different things come up. As soon as we stop talking, as soon as we turn off the noise, then we start to become aware of the interior noise, and then just dealing with that gently, setting aside thoughts, leaving them till later, and focusing our attention repeatedly on the Lord.
1: Wonderful. We're blessed to have Father Boniface Hicks. We're talking about his book he wrote with Father Thomas Acklin on personal prayer, a guide for receiving the Father's love. This is a Mass Road Publishing. In our second segment, we're going to go a little bit more deeply with the aspects of, of of prayer, even the question of liturgical prayer, and how it can enhance our relationship with the Lord Himself. So we'll be back in a moment. I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio.
3: Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. The Archdiocese of Baltimore was well-represented in the Baltimore's Best Reader's Choice 2023 list, published July 16th by the Baltimore Sun. Those recognized from the Archdiocese include Best Clergy Person All Faiths, Father Brian Nolan of St. Isaac Joe's Carney, now at St. Ignatius of Loyola in Iamsville, Best Twitter Feed for Catholic Schools at Archbalt Schools, Best Private School Loyola Blakefield in Towson, with honorable mentions for the John Carroll School, Bel Air, Calvert Hall College High School, Towson, and Notre Dame Preparatory School in Towson. Best College or University, an honorable mention was given to Loyola University, Maryland, in Baltimore. Best School Principal, Mr. Charles Stembler of Coward Hall, with honorable mentions for School Sister of Notre Dame, Patricia McCarran of the Notre Dame Preparatory School in Towson, and Oblate Sister of St. Francis de Sales, Sister Susan Louise Eater of Immaculate Heart of Mary in Bainesville. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. The annual Quo Vadas Baltimore experience attracted a record number of participants, according to Father Matt Himes, Assistant Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Quote, our goal is to offer a path to holiness through cultivating a friendship and fraternity so they can see how God works in their lives, said Father Himes, who was ordained a priest in 2019. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. For Catholic Review Media, I'm Kevin Parks.
0: This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a
1: priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Father Boniface Hicks. Father Boniface Hicks is a Benedictine monk at St. Vincent Arch Abbey in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. He's written a number of books with Father Thomas Acklin on the heart of St. Joseph and spiritual direction. But today we're focusing a little bit more specifically on his very accessible and practical book on personal prayer, a guide for receiving the Father's love. So welcome back, Father Boniface. Thanks, Brian. Give me an overview of how the chapters flow in the book and how you laid out, just really articulating how you can grow in personal prayer.
2: Yeah, again, just to repeat quickly what I said in the first segment, the big themes are making prayer accessible according to our experience and then tackling the important elements of Christian prayer that it is, uh, really takes up our humanity and that also it's a part of a relationship with God. Uh, that needs to open up areas of vulnerability. And then in the first six chapters of the book, we we look at that, and and always in light of the spiritual tradition, the great Carmelite doctors, and Francis de Sales, and a number of, of wonderful spiritual writers, Dominicans, but trying to describe it in a way that's really experiential, accessible to our readers. And the first six chapters, we cover a lot of the dynamics of prayer, some of the difficulties, what happens when I can't hear God in silence, or God seems to be hidden how do I deal with my own human poverty, my own woundedness that, that necessarily comes up in prayer? How does the relationship develop and how how do we reach out to God in faith? And So we try to cover a number of the dynamics that are, touch on all areas of Christian prayer and then uh, apply those very directly to different modes or, or uh, practices in prayer in chapters 7 through 10, uh, looking at the, that great prayer of the Mass, of course, first of all, and then also at lengthier ways of meditation through Eucharistic Adoration, Lexio Divina, uh, that praying with Scripture, and then also looking at different areas of devotional prayer, Marian prayer. We take up a chapter on charismatic prayer, which employs a number of the principles that we're talking about, and I think situate that prayer that's kind of sometimes a bit misunderstood in the context of our, uh, the principles that we're, uh, we present in the first six chapters, and then conclude with a little vision of heaven. And what what prayer is leaning into and already anticipating, and what that looks like in the end. So that's the basic structure of the
1: of the book. I love that instance of praying to a, a hidden God. Praying to a hidden God. There is a sense of like sometimes uh, spiritual authors use the word the hide and seek, yeah. and uh, of seeking the Lord. And it's not that He's not present, but the whole sometimes He has that desire for us to continue to seek Him and even to open our heart even more. And uh, those words from Jeremiah 29: If you seek me, you will find me. Uh, tell me more about the your insights that you've seen as a spiritual director, or just in your own life, of seeking the God who sometimes we can't see clearly.
2: Yeah, it's it's so important. It's the part of the challenge of of prayer, and we we try to be really honest, realistic in the context of the book to say like, yeah, I mean, I can't. We talk about having a conversation with God, but realistically, I'm not having a conversation with Him like I'm having with you. So. How did that work, and and then over time, maybe at the beginning, as he gives some particular divine touches, consolations, and he feels close to me, I have a lively sense of his presence, and then maybe that doesn't happen as much. And so, how do you deal with that? And there's a there's a lot of wisdoms from the spiritual tradition that we draw on. Chapter on Saint Paul of the Cross, who's the founder of the Passionists, and some beautiful things there. But There are a lot of different reasons that we run into darkness or dryness or a feeling of separation. Sometimes it's something that we've done. Sometimes it's just a transition in our prayer life. And this kind of thing happens in a relationship where just the relationship goes a little deeper and is open to more periods of silence and just loving attention and presence. And then sometimes it happens because we're actually withholding a part of ourselves, maybe not even fully aware that we're doing that, But that becomes a little bit of a barrier, and God really wants that part of our hearts. And so he's going to withhold in some other areas until we bring to him the the place that maybe is a little more uncomfortable and we're we're less interested in bringing him. So a lot of different reasons that we explore in that chapter. Mm
1: -hmm. I find it fascinating how sometimes God can give us those, again, touches, the insights. And sometimes it's something that we're praying about in prayer, but we don't experience anything but the fruits that come after prayer or outside of prayer. And so to not be discouraged and it gives us confidence to saying like, the Lord hears us, the Lord's loving us. And to have mm-hmm. confidence that went to pray in faith and in love and, and how that can be such a, a, a great gift. Can you speak mm-hmm. uh, yeah. specifically about back to our poverty where we realize like, Lord, I need you. And I'm not even good at prayer. Like you have to help me I'm Like I need your grace for everything. Can you speak more about people's experience of that poverty and what they do with it?
2: Wherever you are now is the right place to pray from. A lot of times we'll come into prayer thinking, gosh, I, I feel really inadequate. Maybe I, I've fallen into sin. I feel some shame. I'm there. I don't know what I'm doing. And especially if you're a, a consecrated religious, you're a monk for 20 years, you know, you're supposed mm-hmm. to know the answers to these things I feel embarrassed about. Well, that's precisely the place to pray from. So it's in okay. our it's in our poverty, it's in our weakness that God's strength bears forth. It's in our poverty that he can give us, share with us his richness. And a lot of times our temptation is to bring, uh, put our best foot forward, give our best face, and uh, try to impress God. We wouldn't maybe say it that way, but that's actually what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And we only show him the things that we're sort of proud of or confident in. And then he can't give us the, the love, the riches that he wants to give us because we're not exposing those places of, of poverty, of emptiness, of need to him. So we don't need to be afraid of the poverty of our humanity and just saying to him, gosh, Lord, teach me to pray, or I'm so embarrassed that I did this thing, or this is the, these are the worst qualities of me and I need your help, I need your
1: love. Yeah, the fact that God loves us and that I I was connected in one of my parish assignments to a group of men who were connected to AA Alcoholics Anonymous, and they were the most humble of men, and they knew they needed God, and His grace. Mm. And but because it was their humility of saying, "Yeah, I need God for everything," God was able to use them. Like like they were able, God, they brought everything and even their ugliness before the Lord. It's like it's like now. God God can use us at that po- those point of context of saying we need God for everything in the beautiful the gift of his mercy and the restorative gift of his mercy and such a beautiful gift. Can you speak to Lexio Divina? I know that can sometimes sound intimidating to people, the sense of praying with Scripture and what words of encouragement and just practical advice for praying with Scripture for people.
2: Yeah, the real basic thing is take a small passage, read it slowly and begin to dialogue with God about it. So one can get into more detail than that, but Scripture has a way of really opening up our hearts, and uh, when we read a passage and we have questions about it, ask your questions to God. Just hold them out to Him. Maybe uh, you feel excited about something. Maybe you feel challenged about something. Let the Scripture just open up those areas of vulnerability in your heart and then share those with God, and then listen to him, and our listening is uh, both reading the the passage and then just listening in the silence. Don't be afraid to just take time with scripture, read it slowly, and let it strike your heart and and then open up a dialogue with God, talk
1: to him about it and there can be passages where people are like, "What is Jesus talking about?" I have no idea you know, but <laughs> but my experience is that if you do it if you keep doing it day after day, there might be some passages, okay, this was a hard one, but as Mark Twain said. But well, it's not the passages in scripture that I don't understand that's the problem. It's the ones that I do. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that many of them are a little bit. It's not so lack of being able to understand it. If we listen and deeply listen, and sometimes even spiritual reading around a passage. If sometimes you'll have like the scripture and a meditation that has some digested things to reflect on, can be helpful for that too. Yeah. Can you speak to the rosary? Is obviously not just vocal prayer, but also meditation. What words of advice do you have for those who have been praying the Rosary for a while but feel very dry in it? What recommendations would you have for them?
2: Yeah, well, again, it might help to slow it down a little bit and and even focus more on one decade than trying to cram all five decades in. We're just taking a little bit more time and then focusing on the mystery. And of course, we can do a little bit of study with the mystery. It always it helps all of us to refresh from Scripture, for example on those mysteries, to do a little bit of spiritual reading, study outside of our prayer of the rosary as a way of stimulating our reflections a little bit, even just to announce the mystery, and instead of just immediately plowing into the Our Father, take five seconds, 30 seconds, a minute of silence to reflect on the mystery, set an image in your mind, or even have a physical image before you, and then enter a little bit more peacefully into the Our Father and and Hail Mary's and so meditating on the mystery is really at the heart of it. Uh, it's not going to be maybe complicated or deep as you're also repeating other words, but just a simple movement of the heart, like the Annunciation is Mary's surrender, her yes. Can you give a yes? Mary's uh, movement to Elizabeth in the visitation is her movement in charity. Who's the person in your life who needs your charity at this moment? Go to them immediately in your heart. Just those simple movements uh, can make a big difference in making the, the rosary more prayerful
1: and allows the rosary to come alive. I, I know there's a, so many different meditations on the rosary that are online and, and can be used to reflect with kind of some fresh eyes and fresh minds and hearts that kind of re- refresh us whenever we pray the rosary, including the, the joyful experiences of life and sorrowful mysteries having our focus on Christ and the glorious mysteries. So, Well, Father Boniface, what a blessing to have you and your book, Personal Prayer, a guide for receiving the Father's love. It's a Mayes Road Publishing. Come and they can get it at all their all the different places online, and speak about your podcast that you do and where they can go to find that.
2: Father and Joe is available on most podcasting platforms. I also have a website, fatherboniface.org. You have to spell out father and Mm -hmm. spell Boniface correctly, but there's a a (laughs) link to the podcast there. And yeah, it's just a, it's a weekly podcast I do with Joe Rocky. He asks me questions that are relevant to him as a a Catholic in his 30s, business owner, and and we talk about a whole variety of things. We've been doing it for about four years now. So a lot of episodes built up. And topics that
1: you might appreciate. Wonderful. Well, blesses you, Father Boniface Hicks, and thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much, Father Brian. Great to be with you.
1: I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio, and may God bless you.
2: The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's
1: catholicreview.org.
3: Tune in to Catholic Review
1: Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF, 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area, and WVTO, 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.